Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I want to start out today by asking you, what do you think most Christians and non-Christians struggle with? Well, in my almost 73 years now, and over 30 of those being a pastor, it seems to me you can boil it down to wanting to be a better person, or you can call that personal growth. We want to be better people. We want effective, practical application for our lives. You know, if you go into any bookstore, their books are categorized by section. There's a category for Christian living. And that category of books gives you all kinds of things about living a Christian life. And Christians try things like, well, using their willpower and trying things like spiritual disciplines, religious concepts to provide effective practical application, things like going to church, small groups, prayer, Bible study, serving, giving, fasting, following laws, avoiding sin. Well, now, there's nothing wrong with those things. Except I can tell you from my experience and the experience of a whole lot of other people, they generally don't do the job of helping us be a better person, at least not all the time. There's another book category that you're all familiar with in bookstores. It's called self-help. Non-Christians and Christians try willpower with self-help programs to be a good person, to produce effective, practical application. Things like meditation and study and following a plan, following the seven steps of being a highly effective person, things like that. Now, I can speak with authority about these things because I was the poster boy for both of those programs. I've been there. I've done that. I have multiple t-shirts. I was the kind of person, just show me what to do and I'll do it. I'll work as hard as I possibly can to do what it takes because I want to change. Well, self-help didn't work. I made some changes. I was successful in business because I applied some of these things. Well, that's partially why, but I still wasn't the person I wanted to be. And I was frustrated. Then I tried Christian disciplines, Christian living. Didn't help. I made some outward changes, but not really heart changes. I still couldn't be the person I wanted to be. It was actually worse because then I added guilt on top of my not getting things done the way I wanted to and fear of God's wrath to my inability to be the person I wanted to be. No guilt from God. I thought there was guilt from God, but there wasn't. But it was guilt from myself and from others, particularly Christians. You call yourself a Christian and you still can't control your temper, things like that. Well, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, who 2,000 years ago was the poster boy for religion, maybe of all time. And here's what he wrote in Romans 7, 18. He said, the longings to do what is right are within me, 
but willpower isn't enough to accomplish it. He goes on in that chapter to say, what an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue me? He was crying out. Well, we talked about these things last week at a Bible study that I'm in. Some really great guys, all successful in the field of athletics, except for me. All go to church, all really want to be better people, better Christians. That's why they formed this Bible study. And God arranged for me to get invited, which I'm very grateful for. I like these guys. One guy was telling us on a particular day that he had a nudge from God to do something nice to help some people in need, but he ended up not doing it. And everybody else said, oh, man, I know how you feel. And the conversation sort of turned to, how can we do better at that? How can we live like Christ? How can we be a better Christian, a better person? What can we do? Somebody brought up the WWJD. Remember the what would Jesus do bracelets? Well, how can we do that? We can't do it by our own willpower. So where do we get the power? It's a mystery that has seemed virtually unsolvable since the beginning of time, but it's only seemed unsolvable. There have always been pockets of people, starting with Jesus, of course, and then with the Apostle Paul and mystics from then on, who have been able to find the secret, solve the mystery, and literally live as Jesus did. Paul alluded to it at the end of Romans 7, after he'd said, you know, what a miserable person I am. I can't do it. He said in 725 of Romans, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through Christ Jesus, the anointed one. Now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Well, okay. Is he still just trying hard? What does that mean and how does it work? It can still be a mystery, and is for most of us, but hang on. We really do know the secret, and it really does work. It's not impossible. Divine supernatural power is available 24-7. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 29. He says, there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. And here it is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us and living as us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Paul goes on to say, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. He said, it has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of their being perfect in Jesus Christ. Well, that gives us hope, and it gave me hope for several years before I actually really found out what the secret is. It tells us Christ is in us. It tells us God's power is flowing through us. It tells us we are actually perfect in Christ. But quite honestly, that verse alone still doesn't give us the answer. I know from years of personal experience. We're getting closer, though. And we're going to get there 
in this message. And it's going to help you literally the rest of your life. We learn some more. As Paul says in Philippians 4.13, he says, I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Well, bully for you, Paul, but how do we do that? Okay, so he knows the secret to the mystery. He's trained in the secret. It has to do with divine explosive power that infuses us, but exactly how? He gives us a little more of a clue in Colossians 1.11. He says, I pray that you would be energized with all of Christ's explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Well, again, that's, those are nice words. That's a great prayer. More hope, more power, divine energy. But how? Are you ready? When you get this, if you get this and are trained by it, you will have the practical application to not only be a better person, what we're all wanting to do, but to actually live like Christ. See, the question is not what would Jesus do? There are two parts to the question, the real question. First, how do we know what Jesus would do? And then, equally important, is how can we do what Jesus would do? How does that happen? We know it doesn't come from willpower. So here it is. Are you listening? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 15.10, he says, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all the other apostles. And here's the secret. Yet not I but the grace of God that was with me and in me and working as me. Here it is, friends, the secret to the mystery of life, how to live the kind of life we want to live, but it's impossible to live by our own self-effort. It's impossible to live by our own willpower, striving and hard work. The secret is for Christ who is in you to actually live as you, living as one with Christ, with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. I call it oneness in action, not just Christ living through you, not just Christ being in you, not just Christ empowering you, but Christ himself actually living in his power as you, that not only is possible, but it's exactly what God wants, and he will do it. Last week, we discussed in John chapter 5, Jesus healing the man at the pool. Remember, the religious leaders didn't give a rip about the man or his healing. They totally fixated on their rules and their perception that the man and Jesus broke them by healing on the Sabbath. They thought the way to get right with God, the way to effective religion, according to them, the way to right living, according to them, was to obey all the rules. Jesus said, no. John five nineteen. Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. Jesus, he said, I am not able to do anything from myself as a human being, or through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see the Father doing, 
and I do the same works as my father and your father. And Jesus has shown us through the writings of Paul and through the Holy Spirit speaking to each of us individually that that is exactly true for us. We cannot live the kind of life we want. We can't do anything lasting. We can't provide the good results of being the kind of person that we want by our own willpower. We don't even really know what to do. So Jesus, living fully as a human, like us, an example of us, not an example for us or to us, but an example of us, Jesus continually listened to the Father, which we can do too. We listen to Jesus in us. And then united with the Father, one with the Father, Jesus let God the Father say and do what he wanted, using Jesus' body and personality and speech and his humanity. That's the example of us. That's the example of every human being. Jesus, as a human, not using his divine power, but his human power, lived in union with, he lived one with the Father and the Holy Spirit and The Father and the Holy Spirit in Jesus, when Jesus was here in a human body, did and said what they wanted to using their divine power and lived a perfect life. Here's what Baxter Kruger and Paul Young say is the entire Bible condensed into one verse. Jesus said this the night before he died. He said, when the day comes, you will know that I, Jesus, am living in the Father And you are one with me, for I will be living in you and as you. That's the whole ballgame. We, every single one of us, are in the Father. Jesus is in the Father. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are in us. They are one with us. They did that. And we are one with them. There are different words that mystics have used to describe this throughout the years. Union, oneness, living as one. I have a little thing that helps me see that and remind me. It's the time stamp of 11 minutes after 11. 11:11. When I see that, and I actually set my phone, the alarm on my phone, so that it goes off at 11 after 11 in the morning, As a reminder, when I see those four ones, I use that to remind me of Jesus, Papa, and the Holy Spirit, and me. They have included me in their divine triune circle dance of love and everything good that flows from their love and their life. I call it oneness in action. Now, First, we need to absolutely know that something has already happened, and it wasn't by our willpower. It wasn't by our request. It wasn't by our effort. We didn't earn it. It was nothing we did. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul says this, Therefore, some translations say if, really the better translation is since. Since anyone, everyone, is in Christ, we are new creations. The old things have 
passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled, past tense, us to himself through Jesus Christ at the cross, and now given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God the Father was in Christ Jesus on the cross, reconciling the entire cosmos, everyone and everything to himself, not counting or imputing anyone's sins or trespasses against them. And he has now given us the word of reconciliation. Now then, Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us to everyone. And that's what I'm doing today. We implore you on Christ's behalf, know that you are reconciled to God. For God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, the great exchange. Now, look at how Paul stated this to the church in Galatia, Galatians 2, 20 to 21. This has been my email address for a long time. I didn't really start to understand it until just in this last period of my life. And I'm sure that I will understand it more and more into greater and greater details the rest of my life and on into eternity. Paul says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is actually no longer mine. For the anointed one, Jesus, lives his life as me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. And then he goes on to say, that's why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral, for keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us. Jesus would have died for nothing. Jesus did it all. He gave us new life, and that life is his life, and he lives it in us and as us. We are one with him. It's oneness in action. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians 2.13, after explaining this in another way. He says, look at you now. Everything is new. You have actually been united to Christ or in Christ. I like how John says it in 1 John 4.17. He says, all that Jesus is now, so are we in this world. Or it can be translated, because we are what he is in this world. And the verb tense there is important. We're not like Jesus was, but because of grace and becoming a new creation and the indwelling of Christ, we are like he is now, pure, holy, seated in heaven, and glorified. Christ is in you, and a trinity is inseparable. That means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in you. You are united to Christ. You are exactly like Christ is right now, where you are sitting, listening, and watching this. You are one with the trinity. And once you grasp that and listen to what Christ says and do what he says, you will find Christ living as you. That's what obedience is. It's not following a list of rules and trying by your own willpower to do good. 
Obedience is listening to God in you and doing, doing whatever he says or whatever he asks you in any given situation. And you will know most every time you will know it's him you're hearing because it won't be something that you thought about doing or thought you could do. It's called oneness in action. We're going to spend the rest of our time together in this podcast and in my teaching and in a, a new thing that I'm putting together that I'll tell you about later on, however long God gives us together as a group and with other peoples in our lives, both in person and online, we're going to spend the rest of our time exploring and discussing and learning, and as the Apostle Paul says, training to live as one, oneness in action. And the result, I'm already seeing it in people's lives, is that you and many, many, many others are going to know the secret of living a successful life of faith, and you're going to experience that life more and more often until one day it just happens all the time. Oneness in action. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody, to Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.